This is Cinema Degeneration. I heard that the radioactive dream gate can make you or break you. Yeah, flop there and it's over. Alrighty, folks, welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration and our Albert Hune Appreciation Month. We are well into the festivities here and going with an oddity uh, this week. We are doing Vicious Lips from 1986, Albert's fourth feature film, and it's chosen by my wonderful co-host here, Rebecca Reinhardt. How are we doing? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish I was. Yeah. <laughs> I would highly recommend it for this movie, though. Okay, so I need to explain myself first. Uh, We'll just get (laughs) right into it. So you had asked if I wanted to be on this this appreciation month. And so this is not a director I'm familiar with. I go to his IMDb and I notice it's like low budget sci-fi and kickboxer and that kind of stuff. It's just not my genre at all. No wonder I don't know who he is. But in scrolling (laughs) down, I'm like, oh, Vicious Lips. So... Um, I only recently, like in the last year, got high speed internet. Before I had that, I like I had like no streaming or anything, you know. So I watched a shit ton of uh, Comet TV on my HD antenna. So it's one of those like free channels, but it's not like one of the networks. So like if you have an HD antenna, you usually get like yeah. the Me Channel, the Laugh Channel, all those. So yeah, Comet, we, we, we have Comet. Comets. Yeah, and I, I would watch the shit out of great. Comet. It's got some great stuff on there. Yeah, I mean, it's not the greatest thing, but, you know, it's kind of high sci-fi and horror. And um, so I would have that on a lot. And and this was a movie that was on rotation on that. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I used to watch that on Comet. And that was pretty cool. Like, it had some good music. And, you know, it was really super 80s and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, I will say after I watched it this past time that I never watched this movie. I've seen and heard this movie a bunch of times. But I never actually sat down and watched it start to finish <laughs> as a film. And I may not have picked, well, no, I probably still would have picked it, to be honest with you. <laughs> you always pick an oddity when we do these things. When I, because when I'm odd. <laughs> well, we're bicentennial babies. We're both a little odd. Well, and I, you know, I mean, this was my genuine pick on this one. But I mean, sometimes <laughs> I know that everybody, you know, somebody, whenever you have somebody, that's, you know that you do right. this with you're going to have like a certain number of movies that that's going to be everybody's first choice and that's you know so i like to mix it up i like to talk about different things but uh so after watching this movie the last time which we were going to do this a couple weeks ago and then cam was sick so i just rewatched it and um <laughs> and so now I'm, i've got all the ps ptsds like coming back but um yeah, like, my initial thing that I said to Cam was, yep, this movie is textbook style over substance. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, oh, yes. definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it should just be called vicious style over substance. <laughs> because this it has is, more than that than lips, even. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, I, I mean, I get the title. I mean, I make it, I, I, I understand it, but it's... It's so weird. It almost has like a Fulci kind of ending. One of those, ha, 
You thought, you know, like, you thought this was the end? No, we're just kidding. Here's the real Oh, end. my God. Did you just compare this to Fulci? Yes, yes. I'm going to rage quit this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So okay, You can't, I, can't deny that it doesn't have, like, a City of the Living Dead kind of ending that just makes you go, eh, what? Yeah. Like, you you went there, you know. But, yeah. Yes, so yes, this movie, because we don't, well, you know, we don't do, you know, we don't care about spoilers, and uh, these movies are old anyway, and we go, don't go linearly for the most part. This movie right. does have the one, it it, it 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 commits the one crime that drives me absolutely insane, and that is the, oh, it was all a dream. Yeah. Now. Now, I don't have a problem when it's in the middle of the movie and there's a scene and you're you're thinking it's happening in reality and the person wakes up. That happens a lot. Right, You know, right. like one particular little situation. I know a lot of people have problems with that, but I'm okay with that. But whenever you say, well, a very large chunk of this movie didn't happen. I mean, like, how lazy can you get? And in this case, and in this watch, I purposely watched it I was trying to figure out where did we go from reality to her dream. I was trying to figure out the same thing. There I was trying to figure out where, where Judy like made the the switch from you know you know uh, dream world to reality. I, right, I could... be because it had to be on the ship while they were traveling because she they did end up there, but like they show them awake the whole time, so they never show them going to bed. So. When did she, <laughs> did she just like, is she narcoleptic maybe? And we just didn't see it. She just kind of fell asleep in the corner while something else was going on. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I have no idea. I don't think they knew. No. And this, I, this movie is so freaking convoluted. I, have you seen the movie, The Apple? No, 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 I haven't. Okay. Well, I know you're a Rift Tracks fan, so don't watch this movie. Go watch the Rift Tracks version of this movie. The Apple? The Apple. It is, okay. it's from 1980 or 81. It actually stars Catherine Mary Stewart from Night of the Comet. But she doesn't even look like her because she, she's quite a bit younger and no perm. Actually, that's probably the biggest thing is the no perm. But it is like this really like, you know, it's kind of on the coattails, probably a little Rocky Horror Picture Show, but like probably more like Xanadu. And, you know, they, okay, they were doing yeah. these big like weird like, stylistic like uh like opera operatic things that were just freaking weird you know you put people in skates and you put glitter all over them and yeah shit, and you, you call it the future and then you add a bunch of songs <laughs> that's a lot what this felt like but the music in this is really good i liked I, I that's one of the things that i like the thing is is that it does tend to play like a very large or long uh Music video, which this guy was a director for music videos. So I, I don't know if that's why or if it's just. Well, he had a fascination padding. with music and, and rock and roll. You know, he did several movies like this. Road to Hell was another one. You know, kind of the, the spiritual sequel, The Streets of Fire. That was pretty much an all, you know, 80 minutes of just music. And, it, you know, I, I think that's it. I think that's, you know, um, Part of the motif of this is that it's just one long music video. I even made several scenes. I'm like, and eh, we, you know, or notes in my for different scenes. I'm like, okay, and it's another fucking, you know, music video. Right. And it, and it goes through a, the whole song every yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. 
I do like the music, though. I have to say, the mm-hmm. Vicious Lips music, I think the band that that recorded the songs was called D-Rock. I got here in my notes. Uh, I wonder if they have bat- bug zappers attached to all of their instruments. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I I have no idea, but like, that would be something. I thought I that was a ba- good stylistic choice, though, the way they made the instruments. Because then the one girl's playing something that looks like a cross between a cello, sitar, and a cardboard box later, you know? Like, right. They're, it looks they like a cigar cool. box. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the instruments are cool, I think. And I do want to say, so I, I always like to be positive about things. And, you know, like this movie, I, I'm not going to shit on this movie or anything, but this is by no means like <laughs> a masterpiece. Well, we'll put it this way. It's by no means a good movie, but I will say this. It's a fun movie. It's fun. It, ne- it, it never lets up. It never feels boring. You know, but it's just yeah. like, ooh, this is a, this is exciting stuff going. On. I had I have no idea how it ties in all together. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, there are there are very few plot points and and whatnot. But but I saw people um, online uh, shitting on this because uh, the sets are very like trashy. Like they look very low budget. But I'm sorry, these girls, I mean, I don't care if it's the future. Not all of us are going to be walking around in like white suits and white space ships and shit not everybody's rich and i mean the not future... everybody's gonna be look like star wars right and so yeah they're you're gonna have the dregs you're gonna have crappy ass ships and stuff like that like it's not gonna look good and so even if that was not a stylistic choice i applaud this movie for doing that because sci-fi generally likes to say you got like the two things of like kind of sci- futuristic sci-fi either we're all like poor and we're gluing things to our car and killing each other, or we're all incredibly wealthy. And like, yeah. so I like this, that it kind of takes like, you know, it's the normal life, you know, normal situations, but you know, just kind of puts it in a different world. Yeah, I kind of liked everything is a little rusty, a little dirty. I can't really say that's a negative. If I, I would say anything's a negative to this film is just the lack of plot. Yeah. You know, lack, of, <laughs> lack of cohesiveness. But I love the stylistic choices, like how everything looks. It's punk rock done in a dystopian kind of way. And yeah. I, I kind of like that part of it. I, I like that angle of it. Yeah. You know, what? it's just it infuriated me when I finally got the end. Because to be honest, I had only seen this movie once before as well. It's not high up on my usual, like, peon watch list. I'm, I am a fan of the, you know, the more sci-fi-ish, you know, the cyborgs and kickboxing type type of stuff that he was known, you know, really well known for. But I, I enjoyed this as, as much as it threw me off, like how fucking, like, <laughs> uncohesive it was. Yeah. I, the thing that got me the most is I didn't know any of the girls in the in the band's names until about halfway through the movie. Like, I didn't notice them calling each other by name until they got on the ship and, like, crashed. Right. It's like, except, wait, which one's Bree? Which one's Winsy? Which one's Amanda? I, I, I was having a lot of trouble trying to figure out who was who. Right. But you don't, you do know from the very get go. Yeah. Judy Jetson is. Yeah. What the oh, fuck? G- yeah. Judy Jetson. <laughs> what the hell? I rewound that the first time I watched it, this, this current rewatch. I rewound it. I'm like, um, d- d- just, just call this lady fucking Judy Jetson, really. Yeah. And I had yeah. like, I was expecting a George Jetson to pop up for real. For yeah, like I was like, that's kind of like, that's cheesy beyond the cheese that I can even handle. 
they might as well just you know it'd be like having a caveman moving him somebody called fucking fred flintstone right <laughs> exactly yeah it's just it's so like wow did a four-year-old did your you're like your did your child name that character <laughs> like mommy <laughs> it's gonna be judy chetson <laughs> <laughs> that was somebody's kid influencing the script and just like okay okay we'll call it judy jetson just yes get off my back. shut up <laughs> Have a cookie and leave me alone. I'm trying to work. Um, <laughs> you know what didn't surprise me? Well, actually, it did surprise me at first until I really thought about it. This was an Empire Pictures release. So this was actually part of the the, the Charlie Band uh, train of films before he started uh, Full Moon stuff. So I was kind of surprised, but not surprised considering the Pune worked for Band you know, several times over. So this this is kind of this could be considered a a very mild crossover episode for you. Yes, yes, yes it could. <laughs> Since I already covered all the other uh, uh, Pune stuff they did for Full Moon, I guess this takes everything. This is this is the final chapter. This, this is it. This is the link, the missing link. Yeah, I'm expecting to see uh, Brick Bardo, the little 13-inch fucking doll man, walking around in the desert. <laughs> He was the he was the thing in the sand because we have a whole conversation where they go for three minutes when they crash land, and Judy's just adamant that she saw a thing in the sand because it was a thing in the sand, you know. She has to emphasize that so many times, and then like they're going back and forth. Just I felt like they were improving, and they like talk about the thing in the sand, and they didn't know how to improv. I don't think. Yeah, well, there wasn't much going on there because I like. So, what you say that that was Doll Man? No, I was just making a. a oh, okay. I was like, well, that would have been kind of, kind of cute or kind of fun. But yeah, <laughs> instead, it been. instead, it's some thing which, again, like we don't spend a whole lot of time in the public of the dystopian future, um, and so we don't really know like what people look like so much or if like you have other creatures or or what so i and you know you see these like things and this like weird guy or something on the ship but you're like you don't know if that's just what people look like in this place or if they're right. supposed to be monsters or what's the thing in the sand i mean it, it yeah there's gonna be shit out here like it could be a dog for all you know like i didn't understand why that was even a big deal <laughs> And what kind of deal is their manager getting where he gets 40 fucking percent of what they make? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maddie. Yeah, I was say, that's the dude, the dude that's played by Tony Kent. So I, I made a note here. He sounds like Pauly Shore trying to impersonate Rick Moranis. Okay. I have on my notes, Maddie sounds like Squiggy on Speed with Anxiety. So there you go. That, that, that works. Yeah, I think uh, we put those two together. I think we've just encapsulated Maddie. <laughs> Maddie, yeah. You know what I realized we did? We went into this and didn't even give the IMDb synopsis, so everybody at home listening is probably wondering, what the <sighs> fuck are they talking about? It's okay, no, it, folks. The mo movie's it, not no, very they probably they probably watched the movie and here, so like, we're not we either. need to listen to this podcast to see what the hell this movie was supposed to be about. <laughs> okay. All right, it was a little late to the game, folks, but I'll give it to you here. All right, Vicious Lips, IMDb synopsis. Sometimes 
sometime in the might as well be sometimes i'll start over <laughs> sometime in the distant future a fledgling band gets an opportunity for a breakthrough if they make it in time for a faraway planet to form in a very popular club so they say yeah that's what it's supposed to be about but like it turns into a weird stalker uh, slasher flick you know without any slashings in it you know, for a while, because like the, the 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 what the hell is the even the name of that creature? Was it called uh, in the credits? It's called Milo, and uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, Milo the Venusian Beast. Now, I did when they stole the ship, they did say they had a guy, you know, in the back of the. Uh, we got this in quotes I put here: ultra-violent, deranged psycho killer murdered over five thousand women. But in this movie, in this iteration of him he you, you he never kills anybody he, he just gets, no he grunts you know, he grunts and groans makes a whole bu- lot of fucking noise from the cargo bay and <laughs> I, I made a point here they seem real lackadaisical these two guards that, that are carrying oh, them yeah. around to like oh, oh yeah. well if we crash who cares and of course the maddie hijacks that ship you know he's just gonna let's hijack this ship Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Right, right. A crash ship. And by the way, one of my notes uh, very early on in this says, dangerous to be a band in this world. Because first, his first band, or the first band that's supposed to play, they get killed in a wreck. Then the lead singer of Vicious Lips gets killed and he has to go find somebody. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then they crash. (laughs) These people crash. I'm like, I don't think you, this is like almost like Southern rock bands with tour buses. Right, right. Or maybe Maddie is just a fucking, uh, he's just cursed. I don't know. Yeah. But that, yeah. I mean, anybody that deals with Maxine, who is supposed to be kind of the, you know, the the lady that runs the casino or runs the, not the casino, but the club. And, you know, she you know, needs a band to fill the slot. And, and at the beginning, the guy that's fucking around with her, Peabody, gets so distraught that she's going to ruin him that he turns the gun on himself and blows his own brains out. Yeah. Yeah, she was because like, this lady who looks like Billy Idol is gonna like, <laughs> you know, ruin him. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say it's like Brigitte Nielsen was in charge of the Hunger Games, you know, Ooh, but the like entertainment that. portion, <laughs> like that's what it felt like. <laughs> like okay, they put Bridget Nielsen in charge of like the fucking uh, halftime show, <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. But one thing yeah. we do know is that this movie did the triple boob gag long before Total Recall ripped that one off like seven years later. Oh. Now, now, do you know that Paul Verhoeven ripped it off? Or are you just making an assumption? Or just... Uh, I'm just making an assumption. Oh, okay. I okay. <laughs> I, didn't know if that, I just didn't know if that was like hard and fast trivia. Like he said, oh yeah, I watched this movie Vicious Lips. I loved it, so I had to put the third boob into my movie. No, I just assumed that he did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he saw that and he kept that in his back pocket and he's like, hey, you know, I'm making this sci-fi flick. I think I can work a three boob chick into this movie. Of course. And and why wouldn't you want to? The anyway? more the merrier. Oh, God. I, I do, uh, on a side note, I love when she gouges out the eye of the peeping tom that's peeping in at them yeah that is good (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one for judy uh or ace because they make her change they make her change her name to ace lucas the girl who was their former singer who got killed because that there's i mean for a band that never made it i guess there's money in the name well it was already on the poster oh 
Right. That's right. The girls were all kind of stylistically drawn, so it could have been anybody, but he already had Ace's name on the poster. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I'm okay with that. Maddie, you know, kudos. You know, printing out posters and stuff is an expensive thing. But uh, she shows back up. Dead Ace Lucas shows back up in the end, in the dream, when we end up, like, the, the chase around the ship felt like a low-rent slumber party massacre, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Yeah, and it did, so like you said, it got into that weird slasher vibe. You know, now you've got the dead girl coming back to get revenge on judy jetson (laughs) you got and then you got like what the hell is it uh you know where maddie he's he's all worried more out out and about just trying to find his his way and he goes and gets attacked by these desert sirens right yeah like he ends up like in an oasis of pussy or something (laughs) yeah 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 it was just like okay these are like desert mermaids that are going to lead him to his death I, i don't i don't know where they came from and uh, what the hell they were doing, but they pop back, they don't pop back up, but then they have those desert ghouls that like pop up that are just like uh, that kind of make everything about cannibalism for a hot minute, yeah. So, yeah, so we got a little hills have eyes kind of action or something, you know, like this is a this is definitely like a genre bending, melding kind of uh film. <laughs> Oh, definitely. And that was kind of Pune's thing. He would mix genres. You know, he would he would make a Western, but have, you know, have the Asian John Woo flair to it, you know, and uh, just throw yeah. together Kung Fu and, and cyborgs and just mix it all up, which I you know, usually would, it would work. But, the, you know, this movie gets um, a Save Me guitar with a big bug zapper strapped to the top of it. It's, yeah. It's... <laughs> so... So if we if we've talked about a lot of the actually we've talked about a lot of the good stuff. Uh the only other really good stuff was uh uh I, I think this is how you say her name, Linda Kerrigan. I, I was I, like, I, oh. I believe so. Okay. I mean, I know I'm looking at it, she was one of like the twin players kind of thing, but I'm like, I know her from Fade to Black. I was like, Marilyn from Fade to Black is in this. So, you know, that was that was kind of cool. Um but as far as the actual story goes, that's where it all just kind of falls apart. Like, there's not been one plot point. You know, I mean, the only plot point of this movie is, well, okay, it's this. These girls get a gig, and their plane crashes. That's right. it. Those are the only actual plot points in this entire thing. And the rest of it is, like, like this, this stuff on the ship, like, after they crash... That goes on a little too long, I think. And oh, it goes um, on way too long, right? You know, and it's like, of course, we have to have a. We can't just drink coffee. We have to have Atomic Java. Um, yeah. And what, and what were the showers? Atom. They're not atomic showers. What were those? Oh, uh, electron showers. Right, because Ele- of course we can't use water. Uh, okay. I did kind of like the aesthetic of the electron shower. Yeah. It, it, it was visually kind of neat. You know, this the yeah. way it light. It was very trippy, but. It, again, this movie has a lot of things that I like, but that aren't done well. I have I like things where in sci-fi films where they make up their own lingo and they make up their own like lingo for technology. Right. You know, like, you know, electron showers, you know, the atomic communicator job, and... the communicator, the communicator's destructo, baby. <laughs> oh, it is. And then at some point he says, I because I 
I typed this in. I actually went and rewound it. And I think I'm pretty sure it's Matt, Maddie, but I rewound it just to make sure it was right. He also said that the communicator, he said the things as dead as a right sock. What <laughs> the fuck does that mean? I, I don't know. I know. I, I, I was like, is this some folksy thing I've never heard of before? I think it was like an attempt to, you know, come up with, like you said, like the lingo or yeah. something like for this world. All right. I guess socks are different in this world. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love speaking to technology. All right. And making a weird left turn here. I love when the readout is coming out over the monitor. And it's just like <laughs> something's coming. Something comes coming. A big fucking rock is coming. That's what like yeah. is this happening. And I got to say, you know, uh, cheaply done, but the miniature work of the crash landing looks way better than I would have expected for as cheap as a lot of the effects and a lot of the sets were made. I thought the, the, the crash landing of the ship landing in the desert was actually pretty well done for miniature work. I mean, yeah, I thought it looked good. Board or anything, but it, it was good. Yeah, it's well, OK, we're talking about this guy having obviously having like musical influence being a director of music videos i mean if you think about it this is like a series of music videos where we're talking about all these things like we like them but they just don't ever get fleshed out because they're like confined in this one little thing and then we move on to a completely different world so it's like watching two hours of mtv you know, I'm like having a rap video and then having like a heavy metal video uh, these right, are all right. things i know that you know, people of the last 20 years <laughs> don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about, you know? But Yeah, well, like, whatever. what? What do you mean? Like, MTV used to play music? When did yeah. they do that? Yeah, but it, it very much is like, like, he's like, oh, and then, oh, God, I got this idea. I want to, like, do, like, a miniature crash. Okay, and then I also want to get Brigitte Nielsen to, uh, you know, do the <laughs> halftime show with the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then we're gonna like, get uh, uh, Joan Jett's stunt double to play. You know, the the bass player. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Brie. I think that was Brie that had the Joan Jett hairdo. I think, but she was the one that, like, I think is isn't shy to tell Judy what she thinks of her. Uh, no, that's Manda, of her amateurish voice when she's like, "What do you think?" She's like, mm, "You're average." And then she has the nerve to ask her, "Honey, what planet are you even from?" I'm like, "God damn." Yeah, yeah. That's harsh. That's and harsh, then but... Lindsay was was Marilyn. Yes. Yeah. Or sorry, Linda Kerrigan. Kerrigan or Kerrigan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Which did you know, like in Fade to Black, she plays a girl who uh the guy is very into movies and he's you know in love with her because she looks like Marilyn Monroe and he's envisioning yeah. her as a Marilyn Monroe. She actually that that was like one of her jobs was she was a Marilyn Monroe impersonator. I didn't know that. I, I've yeah. seen Fade to, I Fade to Black, but I didn't know she was a Marilyn Monroe impersonator. I, yeah, she was like a professional Marilyn, like whatever, like, you know, like the people that stand out on Sunset Strip or whatever, I'm sure. But yeah. But I got to ask a question. Did you know that they, <laughs> I wasn't going to make a joke here, but it's not going to play out very well. <laughs> but did you know that they cast Ronnie James Dio as um, Milo the Venusian Beast? Because that's what he fucking looks like. He looks like Ronnie yeah. Geo with fucking like demon fangs. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, like if he ended up 
like getting turned into a zombie or something in an apocalypse or something. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like I that. totally looks like Ronnie James Dio. And it's only like 36 minutes into we actually finally get our first glimpse of this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's, it's kind of weird because it's it cuts it back and forth here, like revealing the dude for the first time and Maddie beating feet in the sand. But the beast is like being so loud underneath is a cargo ship that is not very big that nobody can hear him. Yeah, I like how they all like walk two steps away and they're like, oh, OK, problem solved. We don't have to listen anymore. Like, really? The guy is like banging on this metal door and grunting. Yeah. I love when she gets down there at first, when Judy first goes down there. She's like, what am I doing down here? This is really stupid. I'm like, yes, 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 it is. <laughs> thank you, movie. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying what's on the audience's mind. Yeah. Uh, the other the other thing that this does too much as well, and it like the end, the last, I would say like 10 minutes is pretty much almost all this and then a music video, but they reuse so much footage in montage form. Yeah, there are at least three or four times where they just do these like montages of like not new stuff, but it's like old stuff that you've already seen. In the you've movie. already seen. Yeah. yeah, they do like a good three or four minute chunk of it. This in that music video is like it's just them on stage and then flashbacks montage. Yeah, right. It's like and like the song doesn't even it it isn't even like the song has anything to do with like looking back or anything not that these girls had anything to look back on because nothing happened in this movie right <laughs> you know oh remember they got on the spaceship great... or did they god remember when we had that atomic java <laughs> remember when Lindsay was coming down and she needed to fix and was being a real bitch and you know yelled at everybody like that that, that was like the biggest thing that happened yeah and, and what about and what about Judy? Like, I understand her being, you know, uh, thrown off by the, these 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 girls in this band because they're all being really shitty to her. Yeah. But like, she like is wasting no time. Like, you know, Judy's be, just being uh, Judy slash Ace, whatever you want to call her. I just call her Judy because she's not Ace. But you, you know, she makes you know she wastes no time trying to make for, uh, enemies with these girls. Like, she just tells them all, like, go to fucking hell. And I'm just like, you know, you're lucky just they don't throw your ass down in the cargo bay with uh, Milo. You know? Right. You don't know how the other girl died. Girl. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, on but strangely enough, I have in my notes, like, it seems like she's a girl who had an opportunity. Okay. She gets, like, plucked from this high school talent show. <laughs> dressed, yeah, we got to talk she about looks, that. She looks like the girl from Dead Alive, <laughs> the way she's dressed and her hair and everything. Um, it was really strangely reminiscent of the scene in Pearl. Like I was like, <laughs> when she's <laughs> when she's doing, just like I'm gonna be a star. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, it's very, it's very odd. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think she was a girl who had who saw an op- you know she was given an opportunity, and then she goes there, and these girls they they were bitchy. From the very get-go to her, except for the one um, in the bowler hat and the Henley. Uh, <laughs> but they, like, were bitchy to her from the very get-go. And I think she she said at one point in time, she's, you know, like, you guys have been given this opportunity and you don't want to do anything with it. Well, fuck you. I'm going to do something with it. Um, right. And But the thing is, it's like they make her seem like she stepped all over everybody to be a star. But I didn't really get that vibe. 
No. Because she got plucked out of this damn talent show. She wasn't even looking to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it feels like for his movie with as much padding as there is, like there was scenes missing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There were like, videos what did she do missing. to, you know, get to where she was? Like, you have videos missing. If you were taking the music videos at, out of this film and replaced them with actual, you know, legitimate scenes, then I think it would probably well, fared better you know well, but then it wouldn't have been the movie that it was she walks right in and she automatically like i guess within five minutes knows all of their original songs so <laughs> right. you know we kind of missed that montage that could have been a montage he likes montages We got okay. Ronnie James Dio is plucking around in the bait, the basement, because that's what it looks like. It looks like the basement of this ship. But yeah. like, I love how these scenes. I, I mean, I love it because it's 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 not good. I, I love Albert Pune. Don't get me wrong. That's why I wanted to do this thing, anyway. But it's just so laughable that like the the the, the bottom cargo bay of the you know underneath the cargo bay when he you know finally manages to get out, and. <laughs> It's going on forever. He's just like, the, like the ship is the Millennium Falcon, but it's just like a little itty bitty, itty bitty thing. Right. Like it's almost it's, like the the like like the bridge in Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. It just goes on for fucking ever. Yeah, it's just like it's like a little house that has like an like a ginormous basement or something <laughs> like Evil Dead Cabin. You know, it's just, it's really yes. spacious on the inside. <laughs> yes. Now I gotta say I do you know we we kind of picked on you know not kind of we picked on the uh, the the musical numbers in this which I gotta say I I do like some of the musical beats in this the song uh, give me your body tonight was actually really really it was good I would actually own this soundtrack I don't know how often yeah. I would jam it but I would like. I, you know, it, it, anyway, it, the, the, that song was much better than the one than Lunar Madness, and they played at the end. Like if they would have flipped yeah. those and just had "Give Me Your Body Tonight" play at the end, I thought it would have made the movie that much better to and ended on that kind of finale because the, the the Lunar Madness song is just it's probably the worst one, and that's what they had to end off like as their encore, and it didn't make any yeah. sense to me that they did that. Yeah, the one that's that's been in my head ever since I watched it was that Light Years Away. Oh, I, yeah. I like that song. Yeah, yeah I, I, I probably I would. You know what? I probably would own the soundtrack, too. Um, if you could find it, not for $500 on eBay, probably. There are about 10 of them left in the world, I'm sure. Right, on cassette. Right. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, the one thing I got, I got to mention, I know we talked about this a little bit pre-show uh, pre uh, mm -hmm. shit, but uh, I don't remember we talked about it on the air, but it does have, like, two... Friday the 13th, uh, little tidbits of information. W one is legitimate. John Car Carl Beekler, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, did the effects for the movie. He's responsible for Ghoulies. He's responsible for uh, a ton of uh, Charlie Band stuff, but he was also responsible for uh, Friday the 13th Part 7, the, you know, the New Blood. But when they end up actually getting off the planet, or getting off the, like, not the planet, but off the ship, when they finally one hour in and somebody gets off the ship besides Maddie, uh, the plant, the Passion Planet Incorporated banner that is flying, you'd have to go back and check this yourself. You you would be, the, the 
first and foremost person that I would expect to to, to know if this was true or not. But I think uh, the the font that they use for the Passion Planet Incorporated logo is from Friday the 13th. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at that. So I'll, you, fact, I'll, I'll need fact you to, check you. Yeah, you'll fa if you can fact check it and get back, I'll do a blurb at the end that'll uh, confirm or deny whether or not I'm, I'm crazy. Okay. All right. Yes, I did not catch that, but I, as this was the most that I had watched, watched this movie. Yeah, the, I was a little like, ooh, shiny, sparkly, glitter eyeshadow, you know, like I wasn't paying attention to banners in the sand. <laughs> I saw it and I was just like, why does this planet have a banner in the middle of the desert? I, maybe it flew from, I don't know, why did they have Oasis Pussy, you know? Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> that oasis pussy that all of a sudden turns into they turn into like graveyard ghouls yeah, later on yeah. I, I, I i don't get that and then like this is the, the the trippy scene like i what i describe it judy loses her shit for five to ten straight minutes because the <laughs> the ghouls are attacking her and they're like all drooling all over the place it's really really gross then milo pops in and the one like hold the a diver. Yeah, hold a diver. <laughs> Comes in. And they're like, oh, you must be the boyfriend. And I those I think it's the one time I legitimately laughed out loud. <laughs> when they're like, okay. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it would have been much better if he did just leap out and was like, hold a diver. <laughs> but no, that what do we get? We two seconds later we get a guy that comes out that looks like a, a fucking college age date rapist. And he goes, hi, I'm Brock Christian, and you must be Judy Jensen. I'm like, what in the hell? What the fuck, yeah. Who is yeah. this? Why are you here? And why are you creeping all over her in the, in the desert? Like, the, the dude was a creeper. Like, totally. Right. But is he? Because he's not really there. There. Right. And, and, like, not to mention Maxine shows up. So that's why I'm like, okay, Maxine brought her publisher's clearinghouse guy with her. Right, I, yeah. Yeah. Like, but again... That didn't happen. So, you know, I, and it, it's so it's I know people will argue the whole thing of like, it's a movie. None of it happened. But it's like, OK. If but you don't get me invested to, in, in an hour and a half to two hours or something and tell me, oh, guess what? It was all a dream. Right. The thing is, if you create a world and you stick with your rules for the world, I'm fine with that thing. Be whatever. If you make a movie where it's like everybody is blue. You yeah. know, and that's normal. And nobody ever says, hey, you're blue. I'm fine with that. But then if like at the end, there's one person who's like yellow and nobody mentions it, then I'm going to be like, what the fuck? You know, like that's so what's with what's, what's so this it, big ass yellow big bird over here. Right. So it's just a matter. It's like a matter of just not sticking with your world in my mind. Like you've you've let us in one direction we're trying and even using that suspension of disbelief even that much more because the movie is you know it's cheesy and it's sci-fi and it's 80s you know there are a lot there are a lot of reasons why you have to put on your suspension of disbelief hat um yeah I, I, but then yeah so then it just pisses you off that you've like invested all of your energy to like try to process the way their world works when it's like was that even the world yeah, like how much was it within reality, or which what part of it was just a fucking fever dream? Exactly. Like, and it's we just don't... like you don't know what part of the world building that they gave you because there is some world building stuff. You know, I mean, there's 
different planets, there's spaceships, there's aliens, there's this creature, there's ghouls, there's everything, but how much of it really exists within, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, within reality. Like there, there's only one movie to me that ever played that off and did it right that it doesn't make me mad is Nightmare City that pulled the, you know, oh, it was all a dream. And it didn't piss me off. But that, that's, mm. that's a totally different story. But, but yeah, I, 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 I guess the way it culminates in the end, maybe this is all in Judy's head and it was just her fighting over the idea, you know, fighting the the idea of taking on Ace's name. That's the only thing that I was ever, like, like she was, like, torn about it. You know, how far she was willing to go for fame. Because at the end, she keeps saying, you know, I don't want to be famous. I, I, I don't want to be a star. You know, she's, though the whole time, that's exactly what she's been fighting for. And I know I'm trying to, I'm yeah. breathing a lot more into it than probably and thinking about it a lot harder than, you know, than I need to be. But I tried to make some sense of it. Well, and that's, yeah, but that's the nature of both of us. We both have that mind because then you saying that just made me think, well, wait a minute. What if it all was a dream? She could have been the original lead singer and this all could have been her like kind of nightmarish type thing of like she was turning into a monster, you know, oh. like, I mean, really, it, like at any point in time. And I think that's what bugs me is that I can't identify the point where we we made the switch from reality to dream. I think it's kind of bullshit. I think everything from her, the high school uh, audition thing, the, the, the school audition she was doing from there on was a dream. I yeah, see, that's, that's what... I, I yeah, I, that's what I'm wondering if like that's the first time that's when she got picked up for the band. But like what we're seeing is like years later even. I mean, it's like it, yeah. yeah, it's it's so sketchy that it again, it, I'm we're <laughs> we'll we are <laughs> we are devoting more thought into this, I think, than he devoted to the script so yeah. was it all in judy's head or was this just a movie where ronnie james dio's demon <laughs> double looks through a glory hole while girls smoke martian herbs <laughs> but very well said <laughs> yeah. yes that, that's the what the biggest note i had here in, in quotes i'm like meanwhile we have ronnie james dio's demon looking through a glory hole while the girls smoke <laughs> her, her martian herb <laughs> in this mess of a ship <laughs> uh, I, I, I was speaking of things that I do like about this even as as, uh, as fucking crazy as the movie is and, it, and as uncohesive as it is I do like the dialogue the dialogue has a certain kind of whimsy about it that I do enjoy because there's like certain exchanges and I'll like, I'll just single out this one for an example where Judy is saying, yeah, I do anything to make it. And, uh, Wincy just says, well, would you have sex with a fungi dwarf? <laughs> no, no, I'd never do that. It's gross. Disgusting. She's like, funny. I did. And that was a really a low point. <laughs> like, I, you don't know I think that Lindsay's character. Is. Yeah. That Lindsay's character had probably that she was the most like dynamic one. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, 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 probably. She was the most well-rounded one. She actually seemed like she was, uh, I don't know, <laughs> grounded in reality. <laughs> what reality there is in this. Hell, uh, we don't even know if she ever really existed. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about reality in, in, in this movie, that's this very loose thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, I look at it. The timing of this movie is also something that needs to be issue uh to take an issue with when uh i think his Wednesday is taking the electron shower 
it's all very trippy looking and then the the creature you know chases her chases them all into the room and that's when you know judy has it out with you know everybody and they kind of let all their demons out of the bag and she's like all right fuck it i'm getting out of here like now okay it seems like good timing for the ship to plummet over the edge and down the dune to where she makes it out but everybody else is either knocked out or dead inside like it seems like awfully convenient timing i'll say Mm -hmm. yes yes there but the uh I don't know. It's just like, well, it's like we're talking about things that really shouldn't matter too much because we like this, like we both said, we don't know what is reality and what isn't. Like when the ghoul takes Milo away, when Milo's attacking Judy and the ghoul crashes through the side of that barn, when you can see like, <laughs> you know, the, 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 somebody's backyard where it looks like it's from fucking Tennessee, but it's, you know, it's supposed <laughs> to be the desert. And it's just like, and then. I miss that. Ghost. So. I will look for that too. So this yeah. is the end during the fight. Yeah, yeah. When she runs down that hall, that hallway, and Milo comes up and he's like, "Yeah, you're going to party with me tonight." And he throws up his arms, and then the ghoul crashes through the wall behind him and drags Milo away. That's where, right when Ace sh- shows back up, the ghost of Ace or whatever that that shows back up and like, "Yeah, yeah, I can got to get you out of here. You got to come with me." It, like it looks like the backyard. It, it looks like somebody's backyard. Like I swear, I could see the edge of somebody's pickup truck and this tall green grass when oh, they were supposed okay. to be out in the dust. I love that shit. So yeah, okay. I will look. <laughs> I now have I love two it. reasons to go back. And, and the good thing is, both things I need. I, I need you to take a look at uh, those two things were, are within five minutes of each other. Okay, so it's okay. good. But uh, I, I do love the exchange with. Uh, the the ghost days when Judy's talking to her, he's something he's something crazy. He's a creature. He's undead. And she's like, oh, not like me, huh? And I'm like, um, Judy, get the fuck out of there. You need to get the fuck out of there. I know you're, you're just hallucinating right now, but you, you need to get out. You need to yeah. get the fuck out. Yeah, this girl looks like a Star Trek character. Get the fuck out while you can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's, she's doing everything but like pointing at you and go, listen, you're the one wearing the red shirt. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> But like, uh, and, and then through most of this movie, that motherfucker, that that Milo just grunts. He says like some one-word shit, and now he starts spouting off one-liners. You know, starts howling and singing notes or singing lyrics from their songs. Like, okay, throughout the whole time when he's in this basement of the place, he uh, I keep saying basement, but it's like the cargo hold. But like, and he, he now all of a sudden can talk. Before he was just like. <clears throat> It's and just, how would he know their songs? It's not like they were practicing on the ship. Uh, yeah. And they weren't famous. Yeah, but he, it, it, I, I kind of think it was a little bit, I'm, I, I want to say that it kind of threw a little bit of what I call Wizard of Oz lore into it. You know, like, oh, like, and you were there, and you were there too. Yes. You and there, know? Is, there is a definite moment whenever she wakes up that it, it it's, it's definitely like a Dorothy moment. And I got I got to mention this. I, it's one of the last notes I have. Um, the name of the club is called Radioactive Dreams, which was the title of Albert Pune's, I think, second or third film. Yeah, I did see so, that in a review that somebody said. And I was like, oh, it's cute. I like when people have callbacks to, to other things that they've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because Radioactive Dreams, yeah, was I looked it up. It was his second film. Came out in 84, which was two years before this one, yeah. 
So yeah, like I like callbacks and throwbacks. It's like there's always somebody named Brick Bardo in Albert Pion's movies. Like one out of every three has a character named Brick Bardo in it. Oh, like, nice. it's, it's always a always a throwback, but uh, yeah, I think that I can't think of very much else that we can talk about this movie. Although I do like the uh, the exchange. I, I this last the last note I had besides the the. And the the fact that um, Maddie tells uh, uh, Billy Idol, you know, Bridget, <laughs> Billy Idol, don't touch my fucking hair. He actually grows some balls, and he tells her, "Don't touch my fucking hair." At the end, and that's the note they end off on, which I thought was really strange but really funny. But when Judy wakes up and she's in the elevator with you know you know clean cut Ronnie James Dio. And and she's like, this is it. Oh, this is going on here. You're so, but you're so ugly. And he's like, oh, so are you, my dear. So are you. <laughs> I just thought that was like very poetic, you know, uh, in a in a way. And then it cuts to that that MC that looks like a, a humanoid. Yeah, a humanoid aardvark. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that thing? It's the weirdest MC uh, that I've ever seen, even in a, in a all the sci-fi movies I've ever seen, hands down. Yeah. Well, he looked like he would hang out with Howard the Duck or something. <laughs> yeah. Like they would be drinking buddies. Yeah. Uh, but they, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what else we can, t- can mention. It's like the final notes of this movie. Don't touch my fucking hair. And when she's like, yeah, they're not bad, eh? But they're going to be an intergalactic phenomenon. Like, hey, slow your roll. I don't think they're going to be that big. But, yeah. Yeah. In the... The dream goes on and on, I guess. I, who knows? Yeah, yeah, she's living it. I she's, do like the opening credits, too, by the way. Uh, I do love use, the, like, the neon thing. I thought it was really cool. And they start the beginning credits or the end credits out like that, but then they don't fully commit and do it all the way. Yeah. Yeah, but I do like that. The neon lights is the, the credits was very, very neat. Very, yeah. Very cool. It sets a tone. Yeah, yeah, because, well, it sets a tone, and it does start off very strong. To me, like, this movie started, like, if you like the 80s, if nothing else, you're going to like just the feel, the look and feel and the sound. Um, And I thought it started out pretty strong. And it was pretty fast-paced until they got on the ship. It's that second act that just kind of, like, it slows way down. And then the third act is, like, incomprehensible. Yeah, it just becomes a radioactive fever dream. No pun intended. Yes, right. Yeah, well, well I, I think we can probably uh, stick a pin in this one and say that this is, if on the note that you had said earlier, it, you know, if you like the 80s, here's a whole bunch of stuff you like. Just, so get yourself a nice ice cold Bartle and James cooler. Roll a joint of some your best friend's ditch weed and enjoy this film, or exactly. or, 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 don't, or don't enjoy it either way. I, I, I mean, I know we picked on it, but I, I enjoyed this watch. I, it, I, it's fun. It's, it's fun. Just it's fun. Just, it's just, it's a turn your brain off kind of movie. It, you know, some movies are pasta primavera and, and red wine. Other movies are pizza and beer, and this is pizza and beer. Yeah, and this is more than turn your brain off. This is slightly lobotomize yourself <laughs> in settlement. <laughs> oh, you're tied up to a bed and Annie Wilkes is going to come in and hobble you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Well, you know how we do things around here, Becca. You know, we usually give our final, you know, thoughts and ramblings and, uh, you know, summary on these things and do a rating on a scale from one to 10 and guests go first. So have at it. Yeah. And I, I stand by my choice. Um, I am actually glad that I picked this one. It is fun. It isn't what I thought it was. Um, but, you know, for all the reasons that we said, I, I, I can smell the Aquanet um, as I watch this <laughs> movie. And, you know, that, that in and of itself, for whatever reason, you know, nostalgia is a powerful drug. Um, I just really like that whole look and feel. And, uh, you know, out of 10, I'm going to get, I'm going to go right in the middle of the road. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. That's fair. I, I got to come in a little bit higher. I'm giving it about a six and a half because I cut things off at five, whether or not I could recommend it. And, there's a lot of things that I do like about this movie that I feel like I could recommend, you know, if you're again, you know, all, you know, jokes aside, if you're a fan of the eighties, I think you'll like this movie. If you want to smell the Aquanet oozing from your, <laughs> from your TV screen, you'll love this movie. You know, uh, if you're looking for something thoughtful and meaningful, you will not like this movie, but if you like sci-fi, you like weird stuff. You like Albert Pion, you like, uh, sci-fi a little bit of horror a movie that doesn't know what it wants to be and is a little <laughs> bit a little bit crazy i think you'll like this movie so I'm, I'm gonna give it a six and a half it had been a little bit more coherent and maybe hadn't pulled the oh it was all in judy's head and judy jetson's head at the end <laughs> that's the thing that's the most egregious thing this movie commits the sin that it commits i can't believe they actually called her judy jetson yeah I, it eh. It just, I was like, fucking really? Really? But anyway, yeah. But yeah, six and a half for me. All right. But, uh, well, this has been fun. It's been a long time since we've recorded one of these. We'll have to do it more often. Yep. I'm always <laughs> down because I get to talk about fun and interesting stuff like this with you. Yeah. I don't have to talk about all the same shit that everybody else talks about. I usually pick weird shit. I usually pick yeah. weird stuff. But this time, this was all you. You picked this one. I picked the weird shit this time. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, the thing is, when you picked it, I was like, you know, I haven't seen this movie in probably 20 years. And I think I saw it, like, on a, a old, old VHS, like, way back in the day. That it, No, it wasn't even that. I think it was on Laserdisc that my friend owned. Might have been one of the two, but it was just like, I saw it, never saw it again. I was like, wow, can we even find this? I'm like, and thank you, the gods of Tubi, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Tubi rocks. Yeah, Tubi rocks. So we've got some good curated stuff there. But that being said, um, we'll stick a pin in this one for the evening. I want to thank you for taking an hour out of your busy schedule. I know you're, you know, deep into editing and doing stuff, so I appreciate the time. No problem. And uh, we'll try to get you back on here sometime soon. But folks at home, I want to thank you for tuning in for another episode of Albert Pune's Appreciation Month. We have been reviewing, dissecting, and generally tearing a new asshole out of vicious lips. <laughs> All joking aside, check it check it out, folks. It, it's a fun time. I don't think you'd be disappointed. But it, whatever you do, just uh, don't you know go to a club called Radioactive Dreams because you just may not come back alive. Yep. 